This is the Heal from Toxic Relationships podcast with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Is trauma bonding stronger than love? Chances are, if you've been in a trauma-bonded relationship, you will have felt the strength. You would have felt the wrath of the trauma-bonded relationship. And you may be looking around at other people that you know of, friends, family, co-workers who have had loving relationships. And you look at it and you think, wow, okay, so your relationship looks healthy, but it looks a lot less intense. And actually, you may know people who were in love, who were happily in love, but sadly, their relationship ended for one reason or another, and they may be really upset by the ending of their relationship, but at the same time, there is this level of acceptance. There's this level of, you know what, I'm really sad, but it's okay. I know that I will survive and that I will move on. But when you're in a trauma-bonded relationship, that idea is very distressing. So even though you may have an awareness that yes, this relationship's really unhealthy and yes, it is difficult and yes, it's painful and I get injured a lot. But at the same time, this idea of the relationship ending just feels far too painful. And you're then sat there questioning, well, what's life going to be like without this person in my life, without my partner? What is it going to be like? Am I going to survive? It almost feels like your life is just going to fall apart without this individual. And so we interpret that as the trauma bond being incredibly strong, this strong force that is holding you two together. But the reality is, is that it's strong, sure, and there is a huge attachment, there is this huge hold over you, but that's not to say that it's healthy. So I want to just really point out here that just because a trauma bond is strong, the attachment that you have there is very strong and the hold over you is very strong compared to a healthy, loving relationship. But it's not to be misinterpreted as that being a positive sign. The level of strength over you is not a positive sign, actually. It's something that can be really damaging. And this is the reason why you end up feeling so controlled when you are in a trauma-bonded relationship, why you end up feeling so helpless and you are unable to move forward, you're unable to do anything, you're unable to leave a really toxic situation, despite knowing that it's toxic. So there are three key reasons as to why a trauma-bonded relationship feels so strong. The first one really is around addiction and around dependency. When you've been in a trauma-bonded relationship and there is a cycle of love and abuse and you don't know where you stand with your partner, at some point when you feel like you have worked your ass off to make your partner happy and you've gone through the seven stages of the trauma bond, you ultimately end up in a stage where you become addicted to the high. So there is this real high, this euphoria, this feeling where you're on top of the world, where your partner praises you, where you feel good enough, where they show you that you're good enough. And there is so much love, there's so much passion, feels so intense. And then that's followed by the crushing low, the dip, where you feel like everything is falling apart. You feel like your partner no longer cares about you, that actually they're criticizing you, they are judging you, and they threaten to abandon you. They threaten to leave you. 
And so what happens when you're in this cycle is that after hitting that really low point, you are looking for the next high. And there is both psychological and physiological dependency and addiction that happens here. So if I was to take a step back and compare it to, let's say, a drug addiction. So it's common knowledge that people, when they become addicted to drugs, what happens is two things. The first thing is, is that they need to take more and more and more of that drug to get the same hit as they would have done before. But also their body develops a dependency on this drug. And so for them to just function at normal level, their baseline gets skewed because their body adapts to having this substance in their body. And so they just need it in order to function at a regular rate. But actually, it's not really a healthy level of function. And like I said, they need more and more of that substance in order to function. And Scarily enough, it happens as well in a trauma-bonded relationship on a physiological level. So what happens is that when you're under chronic stress, you have corticotrophin-releasing hormones that get released. And so that ends up activating the hypothalamic pituitary axis, which is the uh, stress instigator of our brain. Our sympathetic nervous system goes into overdrive. And ultimately what happens is that we have a bunch of stress hormones being released all throughout our body. It affects our baseline in terms of our stress and what it is that we can tolerate and not tolerate. We become hypersensitive to stress because we are constantly being flooded with stress. But also at the same time, it shuts down parts of the frontal lobe of the brain, which is to do with our problem-solving abilities. So that's why when people are in trauma-bonded relationship, they can't really think clearly. Um, they really struggle to think logically versus emotions, and emotions always take control. So what ends up happening on a physiological level is that there's also the hormone of oxytocin, which is known as the bonding hormone or the attachment hormone. And so people become more and more reliant on having oxytocin and on having dopamine, which is like the feel-good hit that you might get when you're in a love-bombing stage of a trauma-bonded relationship. But you're also experiencing a lot of cortisol. You're experiencing a lot of adrenaline. You're experiencing various different stressful hormones. And so it becomes really hard to distinguish the two. It becomes really hard for you to figure out what is actually going on. And so physiologically, your brain goes into a state of confusion. One thing that happens is, is that you end up attaching love or bonding with trauma and stress. And so you kind of believe, actually, I can never experience love without it being stressful to some degree. That actually it's mandatory to feel stressed in order to feel loved. But also what would happen is, is that you are constantly seeking that dopamine hit. And so if things are okay, if let's say you're outside of a trauma-bonded relationship, that was something in the past, and you go into a new relationship. And so you're kind of bumbling along and things are just mellow. Things are just a, a status quo. They're just at a normal level. And actually what you may think as a survivor of a trauma bond is, oh crap, things are going really, really badly here. I need to hype up something. I need to pump up something. I need something to happen. I need that hit. And so you are constantly seeking to push that relationship back up 
You're constantly seeking some level of thrill and excitement because that is what your body has become used to. It's become used to the high as well as the low. Same as a drug addiction. And you're constantly just seeking that high. And what happens in this moment is that actually you also become psychologically dependent on this relationship. Because what happens through the seven stages of trauma bond is that there is a stage of dependency and trust. And this is where the dependency on the relationship really starts to evolve. So what would happen is typically is following the love bombing stage. So the initial stages of the relationship where you are bombarded with so much affection, so much attention, so much care, you know, and and it's really, really intense. You end up experiencing comments from your partner like, I love you so much that nobody else in the world possibly love you as much as me. And so you can take that in a good way or you can take it in a bad way. The good interpretation would be, wow, this person loves me so much and therefore I can trust them with anything. I can trust them with my life. I can trust them with my soul. I can trust them with my body, with, with absolutely everything that I've got. The negative interpretation would be, I know that I am worthy of being loved by so many people, not just you. So that's kind of a side note. But the thing is, is that we end up in a stage where we believe that this person we're in a relationship with loves us so much. And so we become dependent on them. We trust them with absolutely everything. And so all of a sudden, when they start criticizing us, when they start withdrawing and they don't show us as much affection or actually they're quite rejecting, we get into a state where we feel emotionally unsafe, but we also feel physiologically unsafe, where we're in threat mode. And so what happens is that we are trying our very, very to get that person's affection again. We're trying very, very best to feel safe again. And the only way that we know how to feel safe is by reestablishing that sense of trust. So rather than us believing, actually, you know what, this person is really inconsistent and I just need to walk away from this, we try our very best to regain that trust and so that's where the dependency develops and, and is maintained because we've witnessed this love. We've witnessed this sense of being so cared for and so attended to that actually we just want to do whatever it is that's in our palate to have that again. The second reason as to why a trauma-bonded relationship is stronger than love is relating to our self-worth. Naturally, people who get attracted to a trauma bond tend to be two types of people. It tends to be somebody who's an empath, and chances are they are anxiously attached as well. And the other person tends to be someone with narcissistic traits. Not diagnosing people here with narcissism, personality disorder, um, actually narcissism, personality disorder, there is a spectrum, but I'm just including traits. And so ultimately what happens with regards to this issue around self-worth is that the person who's the empath, the person who's anxiously attached, they're already standing on shaky grounds in terms of how good enough they feel. And so through their childhood, through their development, they may believe that 
I'm not really that worthy or other people are better than me or I'm only good enough if other people see that I'm good enough. And so it, it, it transpires to a couple of different things in terms, you know, in terms of practical sense. So it transpires that they work really, really hard to please other people. And so when they see other people happy with them, they feel validated. They feel good enough. They're like, yes, finally, somebody has seen me and appreciates me. And this is how I get my sense of self-worth. Or they may be working really, really hard to prove that they are good enough and good enough in whatever domain. So it may be that they work really hard to achieve a lot, to be financially successful, to be successful in their career, to be physically attractive, whatever it might be. But they're working really hard to appear good enough. And again, it's a form of gaining validation from people. And so what ends up happening is, is that their sense of self-worth guess what, lies with other people. It doesn't lie within them because actually they feel they need to do this whole heap of stuff in order to gain validation, in order to feel like they're, they're good enough. Other people have said that they're good enough, that other people have given them the stuff approval. And so their self-worth doesn't lie with them. It lies with their partner. And guess what, in a trauma bond, your partner, has narcissistic traits. And so you ultimately give your self-worth to the person who has got narcissism, to the person who is most likely to dampen your self-worth, who is most likely to criticize you, who's most likely to judge you, to hurt you, and to tell you that they're going to leave you because you're not good enough for them. This, understandably, is incredibly triggering and relationships are always a mirror because relationships are always something that tell you something about yourself. And so if you're attracted to somebody who is highly critical, then that suggests that actually you're unsure as to how good enough you are. And there's a part of you that wants to resolve that problem with your partner, with the person who triggers you the most. And so part of the reason why empaths get attracted to narcissists is because there's something inside of them that they're looking to resolve. So the narcissist inflates and really presents them with this feeling of them not being worthy. And so what they do is, is that they really want to prove their worth to that person who's narcissistic. But what happens there is that the relationship just keeps going. Because let's say if person wasn't anxiously attached, the path, let's say if they weren't anxiously attached, actually, let's say if they were securely attached and they felt pretty good about themselves, they felt like they were worthy, that it wasn't even a question that they were worthy. They had clear boundaries, they had clear expectations in terms of what they expect, what they don't expect. And their partner started criticizing them. Their partner hinted that they're not good enough. That person would just be like, you know what, I'm off, see you later. And it wouldn't even be a question in their mind. However, the person who's anxiously attached stays and they want to stay because they want to prove their worth. It's almost like the narcissist has just given them a bait and they are hooked in and they are latching, but they are latching to something that is so toxic, that is so painful. Either. But they're latching on in the attempt that they prove that they're able to latch on. 
Whereas somebody who's securely attached wouldn't give a shit. They would literally just walk away. And they would say, you know what, this is really unhealthy for me. Actually, my own well-being is way more important for me to preserve than remaining in the situation and to prove that I can hook on. Because I know that I can hook on. I know that, like, I can have a relationship if I want to. But in this case, I really don't want this sort of relationship. So part of the reason why trauma bond feels stronger in this situation, particularly for the empath, is because they to prove their own worth they want to feel worthy and ultimately part of our self-worth is to do with our very being and if that gets shaken then our very core gets shaken so it's something that is just an endless search for them and they're trying to solve it within this trauma the third reason why a trauma bond is much stronger than love is this issue around power imbalance. So like I mentioned, one person tends to be the empath and the other person tends to be a narcissist or with narcissistic traits. So what happens is that the empath works really hard to try and please the narcissist. But also the narcissist creates this really difficult, challenging power imbalance where they are on top, they are in control, they feel like they are more powerful and as an empath you end up dropping because the thing is is that not both people can be at the top of the hierarchy you can only have one person at the top of the hierarchy that the narcissist always assumes and so where does that leave you as an empath you just have to drop down and you just have to accept the position of being subordinate and so when you are accepting the position of being subordinate you are already on the back foot you're already trying to defend your presence you're already trying to make sure that the narcissist your partner sees you and is allowing you to be in a presence and sometimes you kind of get a glimpse of where you might be going up slightly in the hierarchy you might be a bit more accepted they may see your worth but then all of a sudden you get back not back down again when you go through that cycle of love and abuse and so it becomes really hard for you to know where you are But also the other issue that this power imbalance creates is that you are forever doubting your position in the world. You are forever doubting how you see yourself compared with other people. But what your unconscious learns is that you are always going to be bottom position. Whether it be this person, this partner that you've got right now, or whether it be somebody else. You are always going to be in bottom position. That is what your unconscious learns because you have witnessed it so much with this particular part. So what do you do then? Right? The idea of you leaving this person is incredibly frightening because you feel like you'd be in bottom position anyway. You feel like you would be trampled over. You feel like actually the threat is going to live beyond the grave of the relationship. And so you'd have no idea how to navigate this. But not only that, you then end up really questioning, well, if my partner treated me as badly as he did, or she did, when we were in that relationship, and this is all that I am worthy of having, then what could I possibly get in a different relationship? It leads you down a spiral where you end up believing that 
it's just going to be worse and worse in other relationships and future relationships because actually your unconscious, like I said, believes that you will always be at the bottom position of a relationship. And so what happens in a trauma bond is that you are led to believe that they are treating you badly for your own good or you're, they're treating you badly because you deserve it. So if you're getting those messages and your unconscious mind is believing all of those messages and is interpreting it as, oh my goodness, yes, like my worth is awful. I am at the bottom position. I'm helpless. I'm vulnerable. I am not important. When you end up in future relationships, those messages still carry on. They still stay with you. So leaving this relationship it's really hard for you to ever think I'm going to enter a new relationship because actually you just feel so unimportant and that other people are going to neglect you and abandon you, potentially criticize you or hurt you even more. But actually, if you entered a new relationship, you're also really worried that you would end up seeing the same pattern again and again. And so it's better to latch on to the stronger bonded relationship that you know that you're familiar with, that you can predict, than leaving because the mind doesn't like uncertainty. It doesn't like anything that is unfamiliar. It wants to stick with what it knows, even if what you know is not good, even if you know that this relationship is not healthy for you, but you want to stay in that relationship because you're reliant, because you don't know what else is going to happen if you leave that relationship. So I would absolutely love to hear your feedback on this episode and any thoughts, any experiences that you may have heard, because we need to stand united in terms of our healing journey. And I honestly believe that through togetherness, we can move forward. We can move to a healthier place. And if you're wanting to reach out to me, my contact details are in the show notes. And my website is at healtoxicrelationships.com and I look forward to speaking with you. Until next time, take care.